0: Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Tell your friends and tell your steed we're back. An NBA draft today. NHL draft also today or next week. NHL draft's coming up. I probably should have Googled that before I hit the record button, but that's no problem because you know what? I got my computer sitting right in front of me here. I can Google it right now. The NHL draft a week from Wednesday, so a a week from me recording this right now. But today, Thursday, June 22nd, we got the NBA draft. We got the Detroit Pistons taking another step on the way to the restoration. God damn, there are a lot of steps, aren't there? I mean, for the love of fucking Christ, it's like a thousand steps to even becoming respectable. I didn't know. Look, if I I know all important or all good things take time. Um, I know patience is a virtue. I get it. But for the love of God, it's been a lot of steps we've taken to win 17 games last year. We're not going to get negative today. We might get a little negative today, but we're not going to be only negative today. I don't want to start this off on the wrong foot. I didn't even realize I didn't record an episode last week. I thought I did. Um, Don't know why I didn't. I I mean, I guess nothing really happened, right? There's barely shit going on this week. Pistons got the fifth pick. Lions put out new helmets. That's pretty much it. The Tigers won a second series today against the Royals. They're like two and a half or three and a half games back of the division lead behind the Minnesota Twins. Guys are coming back. Riley Green, Tarek Skubals in Toledo. Casey Mize is throwing baseballs. Erod, I think, is kind of due to come back. So there is help on the way. Three and a half is nothing. It is the worst division in baseball. They were playing better. They were almost 500 before all those guys got hurt. So who knows? With the Detroit Tigers, Um, I mean, we've done it. I've come on here a trillion times and talked about how much they stink. And they very well could go ahead and lose 10 games straight after this podcast airs. They could also win 10 games straight. I wouldn't count on it, but it's possible they could do it. I'd probably say it's more likely that they lose those 10. Um, But we'll see. The Tigers are just going to be – let's see how she goes. Let's see how she goes. We'll talk about it September, October. We can get a little more hairy, a little more interesting after the fourth of july gets a little more interesting we'll see what happens with the tigers just taking them day by day but at the same time like it'd be cool if the tigers made the playoffs and i don't look dude i don't give a fuck if the tigers are 62 and 100 and make the playoffs or if they're 162 i don't give a shit what the record is the tigers are in the playoffs we're gonna watch some t- playoff baseball we're gonna rally around these boys we're gonna get excited I'm going to pretend like any series they go into is anybody's series. I'm going to pretend like we're the 100-win team, no matter who we play. Give me the fucking Dodgers. Give me the Reds. Who Who else? The Atlanta Braves. Give me anybody. Doesn't matter. I'll take the Tigers in that series. But until then, this is that same roster we talked about at the beginning of the year, the roster we talked about at the start of the year, the roster we were talking about like two or three weeks ago. When they went on the massive skid after Riley Green went out with the injury. So I'm not, I don't want to sit here and get all like fired up and hey, shit. Let's start penciling in the Tigers. Let's start talking about what happens when the Tigers win the Central. I don't want to start doing that because that is still a little bit of a long shot. As sickening as it is to say, considering the division leader is under 500. It's sickening. It is. It's gross. The Chicago White Sox are supposed to be in a World Series window where they're competing not just to win AL Centrals, but competing to win the entire goddamn thing every year. Those guys blow. Um, This would be an opportune time for the Detroit Tigers to figure it out for a guy like Spencer Torkelson to fucking finally put it together for a longer stretch than like four games. This would be an opportune time for Riley Green to be in the lineup and like make a stamp not only on the Tigers, but on the game of baseball, like kind of announce himself as, hey, I know the Tigers stink. I know you haven't heard of us for a while, but I'm the real fucking deal. I play center field. You're going to have to learn my name. This would be an opportune time for that. Mize, Manning, Scooble, this would be an opportune time for those guys to kind of take their place in the division and let everyone know we're going to be shoving it down your fucking face for the next 10 years, so get used to it. There's a lot of things. The window right now of the AL Central, if the fucking Tigers had done it properly... If they weren't. If they weren't a failure, if they weren't a joke, not going to get negative. If they'd done it properly, the window right now in the AL Central is made for what should have been the Detroit Tigers, like the pendulum swinging the other way, another rise to hopeful success and at least competition, right? Another another rise to a roster that is being assembled with the goal of winning World Series, not just like maybe we'll win eighty games this year. That's where the 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 window of the division is right now. It's begging somebody to win it. The Tigers are that team that should be there. Things haven't shaken out quite exactly how we had all hoped. Um, They might still have a chance, certainly today. I'm talking it's June 21st, the year 2023. Certainly they do have a chance as it stands right now, three and a half games back. That's fucking nothing, not even the 4th of July yet. They certainly do have a chance, but we'll see. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly ready to like – celebrate it <laughs> if that makes sense like that's again not gonna get negative and this is the last thing i'll say because there's not a whole lot i want to talk about with the tigers i mean the only real story with them is torkelson been terrible he got hot the last like week week and a half hitting home runs every other night hitting walk offs, starting to fit like I don't know if it is starting to seem like it, or at least fans, it's three games worth. So all us fans and all the people on Twitter are going, oh, oh shit. Oh, we're watching Spencer and figure it out right before our eyes. He's the heart. He hits the ball harder than anyone in the majors. Finally, they're finding holes and getting into the cheap seats. This is incredible. We're just so eager for that to happen that I think it's a little bit of wishful thinking. The guy hits one single and we're like, he figured it out. But now he's kind of slipped back. One for his last 21. Um, doing the same shit, just getting out, just being an automatic out. So that's, that is the one story. Like if there is a story with the Detroit Tigers right now, it is just a Spencer Torkelson in the entirety of his career. Like the guy, I understand he's young. What is he? 22, 23, but let's face it. The guy was taken first overall. Um, he's a first baseman, which. If you don't hit and you play first base, what exactly do you do? He's 23 years old, so he's very young. He's going to be turning 24 in August. But when we did take him, despite him being young and despite him getting to the majors very quickly, and, yeah, he didn't have single A and then double A and then triple A, didn't have all this development his last year at Arizona State, he's getting intentionally walked four times a game. All right. I mean, I hear you. I hear you. Like Mike Trout was in the minors for six years or whatever it is. I got you. He's a first baseman. He was taken with the first pick. And on the day he's taken, we're getting quotes like, this guy could hit cleanup for the Detroit Tigers today. Like, that's the guy we're talking about. As much as I want him to succeed, and I fucking do, dude, I'd like to watch the Tigers. I'd like the Tigers to be good again once in my life. I would enjoy that. It'd be fucking awesome to come, like, on a Friday night and go, whoa, the Ti- let's watch the Tigers. Like my friends and I sitting around on a Saturday not doing shit. Let's watch the Tigers. I would love to have that thought. Hey, the Tigers are on. Let's let's watch them tonight. Whoa, the Tigers got a big series against the White Sox. Let's watch that tonight. I would fucking love for that to be something that ever enters the possibility of something I could do in my brain. I would love it. Hasn't been the case since my dad was the one in charge of the remote for whichever television I was watching. But like, yeah, I mean, Torque, he is the story. The entire of his career, just kind of the underwhelmingness to this point, which I don't know. I don't know if – I'm not ready to call him a bust. I'm not ready to sit here and go trade him. He's never going to be anything. What a waste of a pick. Um, I'm not ready to, for that. I think I'm personally, not to toot my own horn, but at least compared to my friends in real life and compared to – I think most people on the internet, and whether it's Michigan State or whether it's the Lions or whether it's basketball, whoever it is, I think I'm pretty good at being patient. Killian Hayes, now the Pistons, like he's probably run his course. I was patient with him. Everyone like 20 games in goes, this guy's thinks, get rid of him. Let's fucking wait it out. Mel Tucker at MSU, five, seven. 5 and 7 wasn't great. The recruiting class right now is not good at all, plain and simple. He does need to do a better job. But I'm still – there's people who last year halfway through the season are going, fire this guy, get rid of him. That's crazy. Dan Campbell last year were 1-3 and or whatever it is to start. People want his head. That's crazy. I'm a pretty patient guy, whether it's coaches, players, whatever the case. I'm not going to sit here and say, Torkelson's the worst. Get rid of him. What a waste. But if you were talking about his career in Detroit, what he's done as a Tiger, objectively considering the fact that he's a first baseman, which defensively It ain't a shortstop. It ain't Riley Green in center. It's not a catcher. It's a fucking first baseman. And the fact that he was taken first overall, and the fact that he's breaking Barry Bonds' numbers, they're saying this 20-year-old could hit cleanup in front of Miguel Cabrera today. When you take all of that into account, and to no fault of his own, but how desperately the Tigers need big-time bats anywhere in the order, fucking let alone the middle of it, And then you look at what he's done, and you look at the numbers, and I get it, dude. He hits the ball hard. Oh, he's unlucky. He hits it right at people. He gets out. He gets out a lot. He gets out a lot. I saw a list today. I think it was Justin Spiro made a list. It's like Spencer Torkelson. The list of guys with a a career OPS, I think it was above 600. Or as Tigers, their career OPS was above 600. Minimum 300 plate appearances. It's guys like Leonis Martin, guys who were here for like a year and a half guys who got here and people were trying to drive them to the airport guys who I've never even heard of guys who are absolutely working at a Starbucks or an enterprise or whatever it is at this point, guys who got to the bigs and were like, how the fuck did I get here? That's the list he was on like dudes that he should never be on a list with. You know what? Unless it's like the number of days spent on the injury list guys, he should never be mentioned in the same sentence as, His career in Detroit to this point has been underwhelming. That's just a fact. It is what it is, and he has these spurts. He'll have a week. He'll have two weeks. He'll go a series where he's lighting it up, hitting three home runs in four games. He's hitting walk-offs. He's smiling. He's laughing. Everybody's having fun. When he does hit the ball, when he does get a hold of it, that thing fucking flies off of his baseball bat. When he does swing, even if he's missing, it looks natural. He's got a nice motion. He looks comfortable. He looks calm in the box. It doesn't look like he's swimming out of his shoes. He just kind of fans the bat, makes contact, and it goes 450 feet. It makes a noise nobody else on the team makes when they hit the baseball. Like, he does have these things on the positive side where it's like, uh-oh, okay, is this it? And we're all just chomping at the bit. Did he figure it out? Three home runs and five. Did he get? Is he get, Is he here? Oh, he's got two RBIs tonight, did he? Is this the breakout game? Clutch hit in the bottom of the eighth. Is this Spencer? Did Torkelson finally figure it out? We're all waiting for it. We all want it. But in reality, it's been underwhelming. That's been the story with the Tigers. Besides the, holy shit, everyone's injured and the roster stinks and Illich doesn't want to spend money to fix the fucking televisions in the concourse, let alone to get a backup shortstop or whatever the case. Yeah, it's a bit of a story. Oh, whoa, we're only three and a half back. That's great, but the micro stories. I think that's what baseball's about, anyways, is the micro stories. And especially in a situation where, like Detroit, where <clears throat> if this does season, if this season does end up with us somehow making the playoffs, Riley Green and all these guys come back and we light it up and fucking lighting it up in this division as we go 500 and win the thing. That'd be incredible. That'd be awesome. That'd be a hell of a story, no doubt about it. But That's still probably unrealistic. We still certainly would not be the betting favorites. We're not in first place. How could we be? The story for us, I think, still is, like, what's Riley Green look like? When Mize and Manning and Scooball these guys come back, what do they look like? Do we have anything else in the system? Is Torkelson getting it? Like, that's the story. That's what we're looking for, and that's what we will be looking for until they either do figure it out or Chris Illich nuts up and opens up the wallet. I don't know which or if any will ever happen. But that's kind of where we're at. That's that's in my mind, the story of the Tigers at the end of June. Torkelson up and down, and I don't know, and hopefully he figures it out soon because if year two comes to a close and he's still hitting two 210 with an OPS under 600 and he's striking out and he's going one for 40 stretches, we've got fucking problems. We've got problems if that comes to fruition. I hope it doesn't, but if it does, there's an issue. And that issue's bigger than not winning the AL Central when it's the worst division in baseball by a fucking mile. It's a bigger issue than that because at the end of the day, winning the World Series is the goal, or at least the playoff series. Like, whoever wins the AL Central this year, they're not winning the fucking World Series. They're not doing shit. Unless Los Angeles, which knock on wood because I live an hour out, gets hit by a fucking meteor and the Dodgers can't play games in the postseason, Tigers aren't winning the World Series. Twins aren't winning it. White Sox aren't winning it. Nobody in the division's winning it. Plain and simple. Get better. Fucking foster the talent. Turn some of these young guys into something. All right. Let's move on from the Tigers, dude. I got nothing else to say about them. Um, Red Wings, the Brinkets. A couple rumors. Like we said, the draft next week on Wednesday. Um, the, the Brinkets, Travis me, will they or won't they with Steve Iserman. That's kind of the story with the Red Wings right, right now. I know I talked about – that's why I'm kind of surprised. I didn't do an episode last week because I know I talked about the idea of bringing DeBrinket to re- Detroit. That whenever the whenever the last podcast I did was, I thought it was last week, but I guess not. We talked about DeBrinket potentially coming to Detroit. We talked about Stevie and the Wings and the window for them starting to get to that point where it's like, okay, all right, and and for the grand finale, like we need the splash and here's Steve Eiserman doing the thing that he does cuz he's Steve that's kind of the point we're approaching it's either going to be this off season this draft potentially this off season i guess this coming deadline um or after next year like from from the time of the draft next week i would say the following 365 days is the distinct window where it's Steve Eiserman Make a fucking move time. Sign somebody big. Make a trade for somebody big. Unless Lucas, Raymond, Moe, Sider, Bergeron, and some of these other guys turn in to some of the better players in the entire league overnight, it's getting to be go get someone big time. It's getting to be go get a fucking goal scorer time. Like, we are approaching that territory. We've talked about the Tigers and how Illich doesn't spend money, and in baseball you got to spend the win unless you're the Tampa Bay Rays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but in Chris Illich's defense for the Tigers, at least the rest of the team fucking blows. Like At least Chris Illich can look at those guys and go, why the fuck would I spend $100 million? That's not three guys aren't going to fix this. These guys stink. We're not going to fix this with three guys. The Red Wings, on the other hand, are a different story. The Red Wings, on the other hand, this year, hopefully better be after this year, will be in a position where three guys will help that. Three guys may be the difference between winning one playoff series and winning three of them. Three guys, a goal scorer, another big-time defenseman, and another depth forward, let's say. Three guys at the end of next season will absolutely make an impact on the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings will be in a situation where, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, they've got some pieces, but they can use a little shot of something. They are, It's going to be a fucking match made in heaven. I, I honestly think like, if he did it at the deadline this year, if he does it next week, he makes a move for it and, and uh, signs him. No problem with that. This is the deadline. Or, I mean, the. Uh, well, yeah, I would say the deadline this past year, although it probably made sense after Ottawa whooped our fucking asses twice in a row right beforehand. Yeah, that was probably a good idea to sell. But the draft this year is probably the beginning of the Steve Eisenman make a splash move zone. Like either sign somebody big time. Trade and sign, straight up just trade. It's getting to the point where you make something happen. I don't care if it's Alex Debrinkit. I don't care if it's Travis connectney I don't give a fuck. We've heard Elias Pettersson 87 times over the last five years. Oh, Pettersson Red Wings, Pettersson Red Wings. Every year, Pettersson to the Red Wings is like a hot rumor. We've heard it over and over and over again. And granted, although I would have been happy with him making a move last year for a Pettersson, for instance, Yeah, it was probably too early. The years before that, probably too early. Sure. Let the young guys come along, get them the minutes. We're going to sell pieces at the deadline. We're still going to acquire picks. We're going to acquire depth. We're going to see what happens. And once we got more chess pieces in place, then we'll launch the offensive. The chess pieces are starting to take form. We're starting to build a bit of a formation. You've got some guys to build around. You've got Larkin. You've got Raymond Insider. You've got Edmondson, that Husso's going to come back. We've got Wallander. We've got Johansson, Niederbach, uh, Soderblom. All of these guys. Yeah, a lot of them are 20, 21, 22. Sure, and they're going to need more time to kind of bulk up, get used to the NHL, and just kind of find their seed legs for sure. But despite them being young – They are going to be ready to win. They are going to be more talented than the guys we've had on the team for the past five years. The Red Wings should be going into this coming season with the objective of making the playoffs. It should be make the playoffs or it's a failure. And I know the Atlantic's loaded. I understand. I know it's not easy. I understand. I know one or two key injuries and everything hits the fucking fan and forget it. I understand. I understand. I understand. We've been a losing franchise, though, for the last six years, seven years. But a losing franchise. All of the guys on this team, including the captain, know nothing but loss. Know nothing but failure. Know nothing but, forget losing and failure, being a fucking joke, to be honest. Playing for one of the more prestigious franchises in the entire sport and being a complete fucking laughingstock. That's what they've known. That's all anybody affiliated with the Detroit Red Wings that still laces up skates has ever known. You're getting to the time where forget the talent on the team, and I do think they will have the talent and the players to try and make a playoff push. Now, will they win a series or a couple? I don't know, probably not a couple, maybe one, I don't know. But it should be go time to try to make the playoffs. If for nothing else, just to send a different message, to start to build somewhat of a winning culture, to change the identity from, Hey, guys, go out there, play your hearts out. We're going to trade half of you in the middle of the season. We'll take a couple picks, and then we'll, we'll regroup and do it again next year. Change the mentality from that to fuck these guys. We're trying to win. I don't care who you're playing, beat them. I don't care how young you are, play better. I don't care what your excuse is, make the fucking playoffs. That should be it. If for nothing else but a culture shift. If for nothing else but to restore or try to, to regain some semblance of what the Detroit Red Wings should be, to try and get a little bit of, all right, Lucas Raymond, all right, Mo Sider, I know it hasn't been pretty since you guys got here, but this is what we're actually about. This is what you're going to be about. This is what we're about from this day forward, winning, making the fucking playoffs. There is no, all right, we'll fucking stall it out, come up short, take a couple second-round picks, and see you next year. No more of that shit. And it's going to be tougher for these guys to win games and make the playoffs and hopefully win a playoff series with the roster as it is. Are they capable of it? Yes. Is it likely? I don't know. Is it possible? For sure. I'd say right now, Red Wings make the playoffs. I'd say 40% chance. If you add, I don't know, statistically or whatever ESPN fucking stats you want to use, I'd say probably like a 40% chance or that'd be maybe my confidence level in them. But you have the capability at this point to go get an Alex Dabrinkit who boosts that up to about 55 60%. You go get a Dabrinkit, I'm going into next season like, oh, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs now. We should make the playoffs now. Even less of an excuse to miss him now. Like, that's where we're at. Is he going to do it? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. Even the highest, most plugged-in NHL reporter, don't think they know either. We know Steve. He likes to play shit close to the vest, which is good. The way it should be. Um, we don't need him running around telling everybody what he's thinking or wants to do. What would I like him to do? I'd like for him to go get Alex the Brinkett for Phillips Adina and like two, three second round picks. Shit we don't need. Shit we got plenty of. I'd like to sign him for a little bit cheaper than he would want on the open market because he's the hometown guy, because it's Steve Eiserman, because he's going to have a chance to win here. Um, and then I'd like to go into this draft Wednesday. I think we've got the ninth pick and the 17th pick, if my memory serves. And I'd like Steve Eiserman to hit a fucking grand slam and pick two future Hall of Famers with those picks. That's what I'd like. I'd settle for just one of those things, though. Uh, I think it's time to go make a splash move. I think it's time. We know we've lacked goal scoring since Pavel Datsu quit. It's time. Go get someone who fills the net. thought Philip Zadina would do it. Not quite. Hoping for Lucas Raymond to still do it. Took a step back. Dylan Larkin, he can kind of do it, but nah, he's not a pro goal scorer. That's not his thing. He play makes, he back checks. The yeah, L score, he's going to score some goals. He's too good not to. Go find somebody who's a fucking professional goal scorer. To the Lou Williams of hockey. You call their number, they put the puck in the net, and they go home. That's it. Go get Alex the Brinkett. Quick break. Um, we'll address the Pistons, the draft tomorrow. And then a little bit, a couple minutes on the Lions' new helmet. quick break let's start real fast with the lions unis um i don't know i don't know where to start i i got you let me just lay the groundwork i like the detroit lions jerseys the jerseys that they have now i enjoy them i like the blue ones i like when they wear blue with gray pants I like when they wear – I really like, actually, when they wear the all-blues. I think those are fucking fresh I like the white with the blue pants. Um, The white with the gray pants are okay. I'd prefer that they always either went white and white or white and blue. I like the white and white. I think those are also fresh White and white for any team. Any team, any sport, white on white, fucking hits, always. There's no better colorway. Michigan State, white, white, green helmet. (laughs) It's my favorite MSU jersey of all time. The Tigers white on white, fresh. The Pistons all whites, fresh. The Red Wings white sweaters. Granted, they wear red pants, fresh as anything you want, any team, any sport. White, white, bang, hits always. I like, I love, I love the Thanksgiving Day jerseys. I love the all silver helmet, no logo. No fucking fancy bullshit. It's 1922. It's Lions Packers. These guys are wearing pieces of leather on their head. Someone's getting brain damage, and the other one's winning the game 4-3. to That's what I like. Give me that. Give me the silver helmet. Give me the, the blue jersey with a silver letter and nothing else on it. Don't need no fucking NFL crest. Doesn't need some shit on the sleeves. Doesn't need some fancy font going across. Just give me the goddamn number and get the hell out of the way. Love those. The Thanksgiving days are my favorite Lions jersey, period. And, and, and these guys are crazy enough bastards that they'll throw in the the Thanksgiving Day jersey with the regular helmets or they'll throw in the silver helmets with the regular jerseys every once in a while. The whole ensemble is my favorite, but I like everything that it brings to the table. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the black alternates they wore back in the Roy Williams Megatron days. I liked those. Were they my favorites? No. I liked them, though. It was exciting. Like the one, two days a year, whatever it would be, that they'd break those out. It was a fun day. It was like something to look forward to. Oh, shit, they're wearing the blacks today. Granted, worst teams ever, but it was fun to see them wear all black. They come out today. Alternate, Alternative, I would say, alternate helmet. It's got the logo from, I believe, 1962, and the helmet is blue, blue. I swear it's a lighter color blue than the blue that they put in their jerseys, and a gray face mask. Now, you know exactly what it looks like. If you're listening to this, you've for sure seen the photo of it. If you haven't, Google it or go on Twitter. It's extremely easy to find. I have no doubt you'll be able to do so. Here's the thing. I like the logo and it's crazy to me because I don't like the helmet overall. I don't like it. I think it's, I, I saw it. The moment I saw it, my first reaction was, please God, no. Please God. my friend. Send it at my work. Friend sends it in the chat. I see it. I'm like, please tell me this is fake. Please fucking tell me this aren't, these aren't the alternates, please. That was my first reaction. I, I, I'm an open book. I got nothing to hide. That was the first reaction. What's funny is, so a lot of people like them, which is fine. Everyone's got different taste. Um, but what's funny is, a lot of the people that don't seem to like seem to like them, whether they're Lions fans or fans of any of other NFL teams that happen to see them and comment. The people that don't like them seem to not like them because of the logo, which is strange. I think the logo is sick. Like, I think if you ha- if they wore those exact same helmets and they were just silver instead of blue. I think it would be a sick fucking helmet. I do. What for me, the blue for me is what throws me off. The shade is a little bit off. It's such a bright blue that it's like, I don't know. It feels like those college teams like Delaware State or like South Georgia West that like they're just trying so hard. They're trying to do so much with their jerseys because. They're not those blue bloods because they don't have a classic uniform they can wear because they aren't recognizable. They're trying to do so much like the XFL team, the Seattle, what the Seattle dragons or whatever they are. They've got an orange helmet with a green dragon. Like they're trying so fucking hard to make it something. And I appreciate that they are like, I appreciate them going out of the box. I appreciate that. They're trying to do something. I really do, but It's just, it just looks ugly. To me, it just looks ugly. I love the logo. I love everything about the logo. That's what an alternate should be. The Lions have, like, they're going to redo the uniforms next year, and I pray to God. I pray to fucking God. I hate to, you know, I hate to get aggressive here on a Thursday afternoon, but I pray to God they go back to the Barry Sanders era with the darker blue the blue face mask, the white stripe with two blue stripes outside of it. I pray to God they go back to those jerseys because those are my favorite. Those, I think, if they brought those back, or maybe like a slight modern twist on them, if they brought those back, I think they'd be the best NFL, or the best jerseys in the NFL tomorrow. They'd at least be top five, dude. If they brought those like darker blue Lions with the blue face mask, they would be fucking iced out. I'm praying when they redesign the jerseys next year, they go to something like that. They don't do this, like, let's make everything blue and crazy and bright. I pray to God that's what they go with. We'll see what happens. I, I'm hoping for it, though. I enjoy the throwback logo. I enjoy throwback things, vintage things. You know, I run the second string. I make streetwear. I make clothing. I make graphics. A lot of what I do, I'm I, like, in my mind, I want it to look vintage. I want it to look a little throwback. That's why I like... That's why I started making shit in the first place. I'm like, why did they stop making all this stuff in the 80s and the 90s? This shit's a cooler than anything we put out now. That's kind of why I started it. I love the idea of the throwback look, especially when there's like a message behind it and a little bit of meaning. And when that throwback thing, like a Detroit Lions logo from 1962, has meaning to it. Like it's the line from the 60s when Detroit was the shit, the Lions logo. That's cool to me. I'm in on that. I just can't get over the blue helmet and to make it all worse. They're pairing them with the gray. I, that's the part that I'm truly like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And I like the gray jerseys. I know a lot of people dislike the grays. I think the grays are pretty clean. Gray jersey, gray pants, gray helmet. I think whenever they wear those, it looks clean as fuck personally. Um, I, yeah, again, I don't, I don't really know why people dislike the all grays just because it's gray. But that's like the Lions, other than blue, that's the fucking color. I think, I think a silver. I think Thanksgiving Day, the helmet, the whole thing's silver, and it looks badass. I love that idea too, of like you're not trying too hard. You, it's the Detroit Lions as shit as we've been forever. It is somewhat of an iconic brand. People know it when they see it. They know the colors. Like you don't need to reinvent the wheel here. The Dallas Cowboys aren't throwing fucking bright blue. They're not dark blue helmets the Dallas Cowboys aren't coming up with. Like, they're keeping it simple. They're still the fucking Cowboys. They're keeping it classic and clean. The blue helmets the Lions got with the all-grays, like the the mock-ups of Hutchinson wearing them, it looks fucking horrible and all due respect to Aiden Hutchinson. He's a good-looking cat. He is, dude. He's got great hair. He's a young guy. He's fucking jacked. Nothing to do with Hutch. Nothing to do with the model. The blue helmets with the all grays just don't look right, and the thing is, the saddest part is, I don't look. I don't like the helmets standing alone. But I think if they wore them with the all whites, or even with the all blues, we'd be in maybe a little bit of business. I think with the all whites, we could work with it. With the all whites, all right. Now I can see you know, white white, and then the color up top, the grays, and then the blue. Uh, ah, I don't know. I don't know i don't know it feels like there were just so many other options like run that same decal but keep the helmet silver or make a white helmet or i'd go i know people don't like black either i'd go black before i went blue or if you're gonna make it blue i don't don't make it so like obnoxious blue i don't know i don't know i don't know i would love to be on the design team i would fucking love for my job to to consist of coming up with ideas like that. I w- I saw that and that was my first thought. I'm like, dude, I'm sitting behind a computer trying to figure out how to turn this fucking data into a pivot table to get what I need and there's someone who's the chief design officer for the Detroit Lions coming up with this. All due respect, I make t-shirts. I make shit. I think I have a pretty good eye. I make designs and I – why am I not doing that? Why am I plugging away on Excel when I should be sitting on a – looking at a whiteboard coming up with mock-ups for the new helmet for my fucking childhood favorite team? And it doesn't even need to be the Lions, dude. I'll work for the Chargers. I'll work for the Rams. I'll work for whoever hires me. It's disheartening. Just the gray and then the blue. It's like – Or, like, change make, like, a matte gray helmet. If you know you had to wear this helmet with the grays, make a matte gray. Or, like, make the blue matte. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's not the end of the world. Right? When they're winning the Super Bowl, I don't care if they wear fucking purple, green, and orange. It doesn't matter to me. When we're dancing and celebrating, smoking cigars, and chugging beers on Woodward Woodward Avenue, I don't give a fuck if these guys play naked, dude. Just give me the Lombardi. You can wear whatever the hell you want. It's not that big of a deal. But it's June and football's far off and there's nothing to talk about it. I see a helmet I don't like. I make shirts. I think I have an eye for design. I'm going to come and tell you it's a gross helmet and it gets even worse when you pair it with the gray jerseys. You put it with the white jerseys, all whites. Okay, you put it with the white top, blue pants. All right, maybe. You put it with the all blues even. All right, I'm willing to hear you out. You put it with the grays as great as Aiden Hutchinson is. As jacked as that motherfucker, as blonde as his hair and blue as his eyes are, you put the blue with the all grays and you lose me. Why am I doing Excel and not designing for the Lions? That's it. All right, let's talk line, I mean, uh, Pistons. Excuse me. Draft tonight. Fifth pick. Somehow. Um, make that make sense. Adam Silver. This guy can get Mariah Mills banned from the internet with a snap of his fingers. But the Detroit Pistons not only are the worst team in the NBA – but they win 17 games, an impressively low number, and they end up with the fifth overall pick. Adam Silver can call in the CIA like it's the Bay of fucking pigs and he's John Kennedy on a porn star with Twitter fingers, but the worst team in the NBA by a lot ends up with the fifth pick in a system that's supposed to make it more fair. What's fair about that? I guess it explains how Silver's so tight with the CIA. There is no fairness. There is no justice. There is no truth. The Pistons pick fifth. Um, It's a bummer. I wish they picked first. I wish they could get the generational talent. I wish they could get the guy who looks like he'd be the star of Alien 5, except this is the one where aliens come, and instead of eating humans or whatever they do, they play basketball. Um, I wish they had the Eiffel Tower. I wish French City, Paris of the West, D'Etois, I wish the Frenchman was coming there. I wish it wasn't so obviously rigged to send him to San, San Antonio. I wish that when we hit on the first overall pick and got our generational franchise player, he didn't miss his entire sophomore season with shin splints or whatever the fuck. I wish it was different. I wish they weren't picking fifth. I wish there was, you know, I, yeah, you know the drill. I don't want to be negative. Um, because much like the Tigers, I feel like whenever I talk about the Stones, I'm just like, these guys stink. This is the worst. It gets exhausting. It gets boring. I don't. I know I don't like talking about it. I'm sure you people don't like listening to it as much. That said, they got the fifth pick. It's going to be Allsar Thompson, his brother Eamon Thompson, or uh, what's the other guy? What's the Villanova guy's name? I fucking just said his name like two seconds ago. What is the guy's name? Not two seconds ago, but before I started recording. Whitmore? Is that his name? Cam Whitmore. Um, you know who I'm talking about though, the Villanova guy. Look, again, I'm not yeah, it's Cam Whitmore. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I watched Cam Whitmore play a Villanova. Um, I don't even know where Oscar Thompson or Eamon Thompson went to college. I don't know if they went to college at all. Um yep, they played overtime elite, so they didn't go to college. I don't know who's better. I don't know what the difference is between them. I know one of them has a fucked up jump shot that I saw on Twitter. I hope they don't take that one. Other than that, I don't know. Who knows, dude? Maybe one of these guys will come in and turn into Luka Doncic and it'll be the best thing to ever happen. But I don't know. We'll see. The Pistons are going to get a guy. And I think if you're a Piston fan, I know from my perspective, the hope is hopefully this guy turns into – Someone who can play in your starting five. Doesn't need to be the man. Doesn't need to be a game breaker. Hopefully he's someone who can play in your starting five. Hopefully he's someone who plays with high effort. Hopefully someone who who tries and is good at defense. Hopefully someone who can knock down open threes. And with the fifth pick, hopefully he's someone who can create for himself every once in a while. Hopefully he's someone that can be the third or fourth fiddle to a Cade Cunningham, to a Jaden Ivey, to a Jalen Duran. That's what you hope for. That's what you hope for. Um, And I will say, though, like even it is like underwhelming that we're not going to get Vic Wambanyama or Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson or, the you know, like one of the three guys that, oh, these are franchise changers, and we'll see about them anyways. Yeah, it's a bummer we're not going to get any of those guys. But I was trying to think of positive spin zones before this because, again, I knew I didn't want to come on here and be all Sally Salt a lot and, oh, this sucks. Fifth pick, Pistons thing. I knew I didn't want to do that. And I knew I didn't know shit about these guys, so I'd have nothing to talk. Oh, all star Thompson's game outside makes Cam Whitmore look silly. I don't know shit about these guys. They're going to be the fifth pick in the NBA. They're going to have talent. They're going to have tools to succeed in the NBA. Like, you're the fifth fucking pick. You will have a chance to succeed. I'm sure they're all athletic. I'm sure they can all shoot to some degree. I'm sure they can all dribble. I get it. It's funny, though, that, like, the spirits are pretty down, I would say around this draft for the Pistons. Uh, but just last year, Jaden Ivey, he was the fifth pick. And Jaden Ivey, from what I understand, had a pretty good rookie season. Jaden Ivey, from what I understand, like is looking like a promising player for the Detroit Pistons. Jaden Ivey, from what I understand, if he takes another step or two, will be a good player, regardless of his age, regardless of the Pistons, in the NBA. Jaden Ivey, like if we could get another one of him, if we could get another caliber of player as Jaden Ivy with this fifth pick, that's that seems that's like a win. It, I I don't know if it's because you know we should have we had the odds for the first and seventeen games was just so fucking terrible that we kind of expected one or at least two or it's got to be three at the bare minimum. I don't know if the expectation of where we should fall based on how bad we were is kind of dampened the fifth pick, but it is still the fifth pick. And just last year we had a fifth pick and we got a good player or who's someone who seems to be a good player. And dude, fuck that. Beyond that Jalen duran he was in the 10th, wasn't he? We made a trade for Jalen What He was like 12th or 13th or something like that. Like we got a guy who could potentially be better than both Jaden Ivy and Cade Cunningham later than the fifth pick. So, you know, that doesn't happen often. To the Pistons, as a matter of fact, it never happens. Yeah, Durin was the 13th pick. It never happens. It's actually quite the opposite, typically, right? We take the guy at fifth while the guy at 13th turns into the all-pro NBA first ballot Hall of Famer. Typically, that's how it goes for the Pistons. But, like, fuck. I don't know. Brad Holmes kind of missed on Killian. Fine. Cade seems to be pretty solid. Jaden Ivey, Durin both seem to be pretty solid. Fuck. Let's see. Let's see what happens with the fifth pick. I, I don't think it's going to be a guy who comes in and changes this t- the team right away. Um, I don't think it's a guy that's going to be like a Cade. I pro- I don't even think it's going to be a Jaden Ivy. I feel like Jaden Ivy when we got him, it felt like he fell to us. I also felt like there was more hype around him. I don't know if it's because he went to college and they kind of went on a run and they were on a good team. I don't know why, but it felt like when we got Ivy, it was a bigger deal. It was like, oh, shit, we got this fucking guy? Let's go, dude. That's That just took us over the It felt like a big deal. No matter who we pick, unless Miller or Scoot fall, no matter who we pick, are the twins and Cam Whitmore tomorrow? It's going to feel like, all right, we made the pick. Let's move on next season. Who knows, though? Maybe these guys become Jaden and Ivy. Maybe they become, they become better. Ideally, hopefully, just become a guy that can slot in the starting five that's going to give you effort, that's going to play defense, that can make some open shots, and is going to complement Cade Cunningham, Ivy, and Duran. Because everything I've been told, everything I read, everything I've been led to believe by Pistons fans and the diehards who are locked in watching 82 games of the worst team ever, who are locked in watching press conferences, reading articles, everything I've been told is Ivy, Duran, and Cade, when they're all healthy and they all grow up a little bit more, watch out, and God forbid – Troy Weaver ever signs at somebody like Devin Booker, you doggy, here come the Pistons. That's all I've been told. And if that is the case, if that is to be true, you don't need this fifth pick in the 2023 draft to become Michael Jordan. You need him to become fucking Mikael Bridges. You need him to become that Cam Johnson in Brooklyn. You need him to become a, st- a solid NBA basketball player. You need to become a guy fucking like Bruce Brown for the Denver Nuggets. Plays defense, can hit open shots, energy guy, little bit of a playmaker here and there. That's it. That's what you need. That's what you need. You don't need anything crazy. The better, the you know, if he becomes Jaden Ivey, great. If he becomes Cade Cunningham, great. If he's better than all of them combined, fucking incredible. But let's just get, can we just get like a role player? That's all. Fifth pick. Messed out on the big prize. Let's let's just walk away from this with a role player. But, uh, is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask from the Pistons? Troy Weaver talks about restoring and restoring and restoring, and I'm told these picks have been great. Look at the young talent and this, and he's acquiring that and the contract. Like, get a player who's going to help win next season. Get someone who's going to make sure we win 30 games. You know what I mean? Like, Get something that's going to show tangible results. I hope they do. Kind of would be lying if I said I have faith, but I will be watching. All right, that's all I got this week, folks. We're going to put a new design up on the secondstream.com. I've been slacking lately. Was in Europe then being a piece of shit. Now we're back. New design this weekend, the Fisher Building. It's a sick little streetwear design. Kind of in tune. MSU just bought it last week. Figured it was the perfect time. It's It's kind of like... If you're familiar with streetwear, you follow that stuff. If you know Rude, similar to the stuff they kind of do, take a little spin on Detroit, um, got the MSU component in there. So check that out, thesecondstring.com. That'll go up this weekend. It's a clean one, in my opinion. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you listening as always. Hope everybody has a good week. I'll catch you next time.